0: Die He might give eternal life
1: that I might live then rose again I'll Welcome to Yankee be. Arnold Ministries. West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message.
0: For Jesus saved my soul that night. Take your Bible and turn to the the book of Exodus. The book of Exodus. Years ago, 1964, I I met a man by the name of Dr. Mark Cameron. He was the vice president of Florida Bible College. So he was a friend of Dr. Lindstrom and myself and every student that came. Just fell in love with Dr. Cameron. He was a jolly man. He loved the Lord. He studied the scriptures. He prayed scripture. You touched him, and he'd go, Jesus. Uh, but he was just one awesome individual. And um, he became the president of Seaside Mission, which was a Jewish ministry. And he would always be sharing in chapel and our classes because I had him for hermeneutics. And he said, What's that? Uh, that 's just the art of biblical interpretation and also um Bible doctrine, but the man he he knew his material he knew it well, he loved prophecy, and um he got to go to israel with dr stanford and but anyway, he would always be talking about the people who came to seaside mission, and Jewish people would come in and they would invite others that didn 't know the Lord, and they always always talking about the Messiah, you know, and he says. It's amazing that he would be explaining the Passover, because that's something that they all knew, because they all did it, and they participated in it most of their life, and they would, you know, have the, the seder, which is the symbolic meaning and uh, of the, of the Passover, of the the feast that they had, and uh, he would tell about different ones and how that right in the middle of it sometime when he was talking about the the matzo that was broken and the piece that was hidden and and all he'd go through it and next thing you know Dr. Mark Cameron he would start crying because somebody that came would start crying and then he'd have all the students all crying and uh, it was just like it was contagious you know because you tried to picture. The, the little meeting that he's talking about and the table that he said he had and he would go through it and he'd have on his little Yamaha, uh, uh, Tamako, Yamaha. <laughs> Jay, what did he call it? That's what I said. Anyway, that little thing that you get, you know, a little, this, ain't no, bigger than an upside down cereal bowl. I mean, the, and they would put it on their head. I've been to Israel all these times, and I've seen them. They all they running around with that thing, you know. And Doctor Cameron, he wasn't Jewish, but he looked Jewish, and he loved the Jewish people. And he would always talk, and and he would tell so many of us some of the stories and how he would go through. and Now, I, I wanted to share some of that with you because, see, uh, we talk about Resurrection Sunday. It's really it has to do with Passover. And if you understand a little bit more about the Passover, and I, I don't understand everything. I, I'm, I'm still learning and growing, but I know it's a precious time. But I know that many of the people, and the Jewish people, even though they went through the ritual of it, didn't understand the meaning of it. And sometimes whenever they see that you're talking about the Messiah, you're talking about Christ, and it's hard to get through it whenever somebody who really knows it and can point all that stuff out and Dr. Cameron would just go, he'd go, he, if you cut his suspenders, he would So he he'd just go straight up. And uh, But just he just loved the Lord, a great man. But in the book of Exodus, I want you to look there in chapter 12, and look in verse 12. For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night, and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord, and the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where ye are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. This is the Passover. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. So just picture for a moment, uh, you know, the table up here, there's a big old table. You can use the communion table if you want to. But there's things that are on this table, and it's the um, the symbolic representation or celebration that they would go through in the passage of the people of Israel out of bondage into freedom. And so, Doctor Mark Cameron would always tell us about the situation, and of course, almost everybody done heard it a thousand times about how the you know Israel was in bondage in Egypt then. About going through the Red Sea and all that. And so we hear the story. We've heard it. And sometimes, you know, can you say anything that you haven't already heard? And sometimes you can't, but you just love to hear it one more time. It's kind of like the gospel. Just tell me one more time. And I I don't get tired of hearing the gospel. And I I don't get tired of hearing about the, the, the Passover and that story of coming out of slavery into freedom. Because isn't that really what's happened to us? We were all enslaved. We didn't have a chance. We couldn't deliver ourselves. And the Lord performed a miracle. And he brought us forth into a new life. And that's what happened to me 51 years ago. When I trusted Christ as my Savior. What a wonderful time. I want you to take your Bible very quick and look in the book of Luke. The book of Luke. And chapter 22. I was in this portion of Scripture earlier this morning when we had our communion service. But in chapter 22, I just want to refer to just a couple verses here verse 15 and verse 16. Because he had told him, he says, Prepare the table, prepare for the, the Passover. So Jesus was going to celebrate the Passover. And little did they know, here he is the Passover. He was the Lamb. And here he was with his disciples. And so he says there in verse 13, he says, make ready for the Passover. Then in verse 15, and he said unto them, with desire I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say unto you, I will not eat any more thereof until it be fulfilled in the kingdom of God. In other words, this was a type of what was going to take place. And the fulfillment is yet in the future. The total fulfillment. Because it's not just this resurrection from the dead. You see, there's another part of the story that we'll get to when we talk about the the matzah. And it's a a wonderful story. But I wish that sometimes, I I wish I could have been Jewish. I wouldn't mind being Jewish. I'd have a pickle star, David around my neck, you know. But I'm a goy, I'm, I'm, I'm a Gentile. But I love the story about what God has done, and sometimes I wish that I could. But you can't change things, it's the way it is. But I want to just kind of set the table for you, and some of the things that they would have on the table. Because of what they were going to do, and what each one symbolizes, and so these these five things that was on this table was there for a reason, and they represented something. And one was the lamb, which they were to remember, the sacrificial lamb. See, whenever they were in Egypt, and there was going to be the, the death that night. Well, see, the firstborn was going to die. And so in order for the children of Israel, protection, uh, then they were to slay a lamb and take the hyssop, a little branch, and dip it in the blood and put it upon the, the lintel in the doorpost. And there, therefore, when I see the blood, I'll pass over this house. And so this lamb uh, was to remind them of the sacrifice that was paid for the firstborn that night not to die. So it's a, it's a wonderful story and something they should be remembered. You see, also they had the hard-boiled egg, which simply represented the symbolic of life. And so they did this, and mainly whenever they went into the temple in Jerusalem, uh, that became more prevalent. But then they had the bitter herbs. The bitter herbs. Have you ever had horseradish? You ever get a nice steak and have horseradish? That goes perfect with a steak, horseradish. Try horseradish all by itself, full strength. You talk about opening you up. You talking about a bitter taste in your mouth. But it was symbolic and it was for a reason. And to remind them of the bitterness of the slavery they had when they were in Egypt. Remember how they cried out to God for God to do something and God heard them and sent Moses down? It was because God told Moses, he said, I've heard the cries of my people. Because the taskmasters were laying it upon them. And then they had to build bricks without straw and just made it so terrible for them. To be a slave, to have no hope, no way of delivering yourselves. And it was only by the mighty power of God that was done. But you see, they had to have the remembrance. Because, see, as people, we forget things. We forget all the answers to prayer, and we worry about the ones that's coming up. And we just don't seem to remember. Do you remember how good God's been to you? If he can save you and give you eternal life, don't you think he can give you a hamburger from day to day? If he's blessed you all these years and kept you alive, don't you think uh, God could be worthy of your trust? Hasn't he earned the right to be trusted, to be believed? And then they had the spring vegetables. And uh, it wasn't much, a little sprig maybe of parsley and uh, something something like a little potato. and uh, But they were for a reason. Because see, in the spring, spring of life, new life. And so... Everything that they had and everything that they did was for a reason. And so the table would be spread. And they had a uh, a little dish of salt water. And the little dish of salt water was for also a reason. And that was to remind them of the tears of their slavery. See, there was bitterness. And the bitterness brought tears. And so God wanted the people of Israel to always remember the way it was. So they could always focus upon the one who delivered them from all of that. Lest ye forget. There's a whole psalm that talks about lest we forget. And they, they did forget. They did not remember just how good and wonderful God had been to them. And then there was also three other things that they had. And they had the matzah. And they had three pieces. So you can picture three pieces of matzah. Better. This was unleavened bread. And because of the haste of having to get out of Egypt and to leave quickly, they had no time for the bread to sit with the yeast in it and to rise. So they had to just get the stuff and, and leave in a hurry. And it was unleavened, no yeast in it. And leaven is a type of sin. And so they had to to do this. And so they had the bread they had a cup for each person in order to drink of the fruit of the vine. And then the candles. I, I want you to take your Bible and look here in the book of Exodus in chapter 10. All the way back in the Old Testament, Exodus and chapter 10. Remember, in the um, the ninth judgment, the ninth judgment, they were also do some things because of remembering the plagues that had come. And they had to cite, you know, the, the plagues, the various plagues. And uh, the plagues, as you recall, and you ought to know this because you watched the movie Ten Commandments with Charleston Heston. <laughs> but if you didn't see the movie, it's, uh, it's in a book. It's in the Bible. And there was the, the plague... And uh, of of blood. Everything turned into blood. And there were several miracles before this. And the Egyptians were able to copycat some of the miracles. They did okay on the first two. After that, it was all downhill for them. They couldn't keep up with what the true and living God could do. Until the day the conclusion was, uh, the God of Moses, he is God. He is God. He is the Lord. And so God had to work all of these plagues upon the people, trying to get Pharaoh to change his mind. So he sent the blood, changing all the water to blood. And then came the, the frogs. Frogs everywhere. A plague of frogs. Don't you like frogs? Frog legs? But the frogs came. And then the lice. And then the flies. All these things that came And then the disease upon the cattle. And then the boils all over their bodies. Then the hail. Then the locusts. And then the blackness. And after the blackness, the death of the firstborn. So God brought all of these plagues upon the people. I want you to look there in verse 21. Of Exodus chapter 10. And the Lord said unto Moses. Stretch out thine hand toward heaven. That there may be darkness over the land of Egypt. Even darkness which may be felt. And Moses stretched forth his hand toward heaven. And there was a thick darkness in all the land of Egypt. Three days. They saw not one another. Neither rose any from his place for three days. And you ought the underline this part in your Bible. But all the children of Israel had light in their dwelling. Dark everywhere in the world, but only with Israel, and in their dwellings was their light, and it was light for three days. They had three candles that they would put on the table that represented that though the world is dark, there's light with the Lord. And though Egypt had no light, Israel had light. You know, there's a message in there somewhere. I bet there is. When you stop and think, he says, the world is in darkness. We were born into the kingdom of darkness. But when you and I trusted Christ as our Savior, we were placed into the kingdom of light. Remember, Jesus came into the world and says, I am the light of the world. He is the light of the world. I don't have time to look at this verse, but in the book of 1 Corinthians, in chapter 5 and verse 6 and 8, it talks about, Christ is our Passover. Cast out the leaven. Talking about you and I as individuals. Remembering that we're supposed to live a clean, holy, pure life. And that we're supposed to search and make sure that we kind of get these things taken care of and get them out of our lives. You see, one of the things that they would do is, before the ceremony actually started, is, get a broom and sweep and make sure they got up all the crumbs of the bread lest there would be some yeast in it so that there'd be no yeast because it's a type of sin and whenever we come to celebrate our communion service that's why we're asked to search our heart because we want the Lord to search us and then reveal to us any area in our life that needs to be corrected. That needs to be changed. And God will take care of those things for us. I want you to take your Bible. Look in the book of John chapter 13. Look in John chapter 13. You'll notice in the gospel of John. In chapter 13. Something wonderful happened one night. It was a Passover by the way. That they were celebrating. And uh, at this uh, Passover, it says in verse 1 of chapter 13, in verse 1, Now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. Supper being ended, the devil having now Put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. In verse 3, Jesus... Know, do you think he knew what Judas was going to do? And you'll notice that the Bible talks about Judas was sent out that night. You see there in verse 31, Therefore, when he was gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified. Therefore... When he was gone out. Uh, Look in verse 30. He then having received. The sop went immediately out. And I wonder why it would just happen to say that. It. Was. Night. You know I could make a sermon out of that somewhere. It was night. See as I talk. And as I reflect upon some of these things. You'd be surprised. You might be able to think of something. You know I bet that means this. You know that, that could mean that. And when you gain uh, knowledge of the Bible, you'd be surprised how certain things just kind of comes into your mind. And God can speak and so forth to every individual. But see, this is what some of the Jewish people did. Not everybody did exactly the same thing all the time. You got people today and Jewish people today that don't even celebrate the uh, uh, Passover. They don't do anything about it. And some things don't mean the same thing. And, you know, I, I, I really don't know. I'm not Jewish. I've never been to one. I'd like to see it all done, but knowing Dr. Cameron, I just got enthralled just listening to him talk about it, because he would relate and refer to so many of these things. And you know, in the same chapter, when he's talking about the Passover, he's talking to his disciples, and he gets down there, and what does he do? He gets a a basin with some water in it, and starts to do something. What is he doing? He's going to wash their feet. Washing their feet at the Passover. I bet there's a message in there somewhere. Did you know that he's Peter? You are not going to wash my feet. Jesus said, I don't wash your feet. You have no part with me. Well, not just my feet. Wash the whole body. He says, you that are washed don't need a total bath just need to clean your feet. You see, once you trust Christ as Savior, you've already been washed as white as snow. But as we go through life, we kind of get a little dirt on us here at times. And God says you need to wash your feet. 1 John 1, 9 is how we wash our feet. God wants us to stay clean. But you see, what they did in the Passover, there's always a reason behind it, a story that's there. So the Seder begins with the, the lighting of those candles. And then there would be the blowing of the shofar. Remember, they would come into Jerusalem on Passover. And I mean, everybody would be there. I mean, the place would be just packed. And whenever they would blow the shofar, then they, the high priest... This is when they would sacrifice the lambs. I wonder if there was a shofar that sounded at night. I would love to have known. When I first came here, I remember one of the first services we had. Somebody had a a big old shofar, a horn. Who had that? Wasn't Marianne? Didn't you bring that? Yeah, somebody had one, and I remember. I'm not sure if I blew it or not. I'm not sure. You can pass out just trying to make that thing sound. But anyway, I want you to know that there's some things that happened at the celebration, the Seder. That if you listen closely, you can see Christ. You can see him in just about everything. Now, they had the cup of sanctification, and it was filled And then there was a prayer that summed up the reason for the celebration. And they would all drink. And then the youngest one, usually, would ask a couple questions. Because, you know, this night was different from all other nights. What's so different about this night? Because this night, why do we eat lamb? We can eat anything, all the other. But why this night? We do this. And then there was a question about, why, why do we have to eat these bitter herbs? And usually the youngest one or a child would make the statement, ask the question. And why do we have to dip our food twice and Why do we have to eat the lamb? Why do we eat matzah, the unbroken bread? What What's all this about? So they had the questions and then as they would do it, then they would answer and at different times they would have different songs or recite various prayers and so on. I just cut to a lot of stuff and just get to the thing that really interests me. And then there's the partaking of the spring vegetables, which represents the new life. And they would take the, the little sprig of parsley and they would dip it into that little bowl of salt water. Very, very salty. Very yucky, as far as I'm concerned. And then they would eat it along with maybe a hard-boiled egg and some other stuff. But it was a coming out of the tears because of the bitterness that they had to go through, the lessons that they've had to learn, knowing that only God could do this for them. And the Lord walked them through all these things and helped them to see. Then there is the breaking of the the middle matzah. There was three of them. Three pieces of unleavened bread. Now. You may wonder. Why was there three? I think there's a story there someplace. You know it could be representative. To me in my mind. The father. The son. The Holy Spirit. You know we call it the trinity. The triune God. We're talking about a trinity. Our Lord is one God. And the second one. Is the son of God. And the second one. Is the one that's taken from the middle. And it's broken. And the smaller piece. usually put back down on the table. But then that other one. The larger one. They would wrap it up. And then they'd hide it. And the matzah. Also had to have. Something done to it. To make sure that it doesn't rise. And there's no yeast in it. You know. And so they would stripe it. And then they would pierce it. So that whenever they baked it, it would be flat as a flitter. But it represented something. Now, why would you take the matzah, no leaven, stripe it, pierce it, and it's the second one, and break it? I bet there's a story here. You probably can't even come close to figuring it out, who that might represent. I remember someone who said, I am the bread of life. Anybody remember that? Do you believe that there's a possibility that the one that was broke could be a picture of the Son of God, Jesus Christ? And that he was broken and wrapped in a napkin and hid? The story ain't over, though. Not yet. It ain't over. So I believe there's more than just meets the eye. Have you ever heard that faith without works is dead? Or have you ever read James
1: chapter 2? Does your faith produce good works? Some teach that if you don't serve the Lord, you're not saved. Is that true or false? Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man, and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge. Amazing grace amazes me